story goes that the junior Murray had become entangled in a financial problem. In a moment of weakness, he had lent his friend $3,000 without asking anything in writing. And then the young man noticed that he, had to, he needed the money back. And so he, in desperation, he began to talk to his father. What should I do about this situation? The father said, well, it's easy, son. Don't worry. You get to, just write your friend and tell him that you need uh, the $5,000 you loaned him. And the son said, you mean the 3000 No, 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 I mean the 5000 And then he'll write you back, telling you it was only 3000 Then you have it in writing. You know, and that seems that that's how the world works, right? Um, uh, human relationships seem always be fraught with some kind of distrust, and at its best, you can assume goodwill on the other part. But you cannot be naive. You always need to have things in writing, and things like insurance and so on, right? And at its worst, well, human relationships can go south very quickly, as we are seeing in so many ways in our, around us, in our nation, in our communities, in the divisions, in the discrimination that we see. When, when you see these type of things happening over and over again, uh, it's easy for these type of questions to come up very quickly, like, can we trust in human goodness at all? Can peace truly be restored ever? Or taking a step further, more philosophic, more in prayer, is goodness something that really stems from within us? Or is goodness something simply imposed from the outside? Now that's, I think, the real question. And there are two camps depending on how you respond to this question. You know, for some people, real goodness doesn't exist. It's nothing we can count on. It doesn't come from within. It's something that is forced upon us when we have no choice. Yeah, we improve our behavior when we realize that what we're doing is socially unacceptable. It's out of fear of retaliation. That's when we improve. And that is, I think, a very grim view of humanity, right? Um, but people who defend that say, well, let's accept it. <laughs> this is who we are. You know, we are, you know, we are selfish creatures. We come from evolution and competition, and that's who we are. You know, we can only become good when we have no choice. It's needed for social survival. And on the other camp, you have those who will say, no, moral goodness is not just something we accept reluctantly, but it's something we're made for. It's, that's the air we breathe. It's where we find our peace. And this, it's on this camp that you find the Catholic view. Because we're made in the image of God, of the God who is a communion of persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And listen, it's this amazing to think about, that the deepest core of reality is not a, you know, a, a struggle between competing forces or you know, groups of cells that strive to eliminate the competition. But the ultimate ground of things, of this world, is actually a communion of divine persons that, are, uh, that give and receive of each other in constant trust and transparency and love. Now, some people may say, well, that's very neat, right? But when, when all this vision of goodness meets um, evil, real evil, doesn't it collapse? Isn't this view of moral goodness something that is very fragile, that you had to keep well guarded, but it cannot really survive in the real world? 
I would say not at all. You know, of course, it's, it seems easier to destroy than to build. That, that's always easier to do. Um, but evil is powerless when it doesn't have anything good to prey on. Have you th thought of that? I mean, evil, when it doesn't have some good reality to, to feed on, it cannot go anywhere. It doesn't have any sort of steam of its own. Now, it's true that once we compromise our moral goodness in some way or other, it's not easy to come back. Once you break a relationship or the trust, it's not easy to return. That's obviously true. It, healing takes time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's difficult. I would say it's impossible on our own. We, we need to enter the mystery of God to attain that. If you ever want to restore goodness and peace in a family, in a community, in yourself, we need to enter the mystery of God. And that's a lesson we've learned many times when we read of people who've faced tremendous evil in their lives. Uh, a few years ago, I remember I read this account of Immaculée Ilibagisa. She was uh, the Catholic uh, woman who survived the Rwandan genocide. And she, left, she tell, told her story in that great book, Left to Tell. It was horrible. I mean, imagine a million Tutsis were killed in a matter of a few months, including all of her immediate family. Only one brother of Immaculate was saved because he was somewhere in another country studying. But her mom and dad, brothers, sisters, all were, were killed. And she says, I, only, I could only find the strength to survive spiritually, emotionally, and physically through God's power. I cannot explain otherwise how I can be mentally sane right now. Um, you know, after the whole ordeal had passed and she went back to her village, and it was a very painful, difficult, um, you know, excruciating thing to see the places where she'd been with her family that were now gone. Uh, they invited her to go to the prison where they had, they, they, they had the man who had killed his, her own mother and brother. And the officer took her there so that she could see her enemy like, powerless and humiliated in front of her. So the, the inmate was brought in and the officer began to yell at him. So what do you have to say to this girl? Tell her about your, her family, what happened and why you did that. And the man couldn't even look up. And a few minutes passed and the moment he looked up, Immaculate looked him in the eye and said, I forgive you. And that word struck the officer like lightning and well, the, the, the prisoner was sent away and the officer actually took issue with Immaculate. He said to her, what was all that about, Immaculate? I brought him here that you could challenge him and spit on him if you wanted. What is all that about forgiveness? And she said, forgiveness is all I have to offer. Now, only through the power of God, I think, can, can someone restore goodness when it's been damaged so badly? But you know where the pattern comes from? You know how we learn this? From God, God himself. He has shown us the pattern of why he does that. Uh, both in, the re in all the readings today, we see that. Uh, that in, in the gospel and in the book of Exodus, the response of God to our rebellious hearts is not the one we expected. I mean, you would expect that if you offend someone, that person would say, at, at, the, le at the least, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Don't, don't talk to me anymore. We're all good. I'm not going to seek any revenge, but just don't talk to me. 
God doesn't do any of that. He, he comes forward and says, I'll redouble the stakes here. Not only I will forgive you, but I also will adopt you. You will have to come closer to me. But, you know, he, he, God sees that even when that image of his that we have stamped in us has been blurred, it's still there. It can be recovered. He doesn't lose hope very easily, does he? And obviously it's a demanding thing for us. If we are called to walk with God in our midst, that, that I know that will require a lot of purification, a lot of healing, a lot of sanctification on my part. And it's like when you're playing basketball, for example. You're playing with people who you play worse than you. Well, you feel pretty smug, right? But then you imagine you're plunged into this game of real pros. Well, you feel like nothing, you know? Uh, and and he, I realized, well, I need to up my game. I need to practice and train because otherwise I cannot even keep up with these guys. Well, that's something of what happens when God calls us to walk with him. We suddenly realize, you know, I thought I was good. I thought I was fairly good and decent. Now I need, I need to up my game, morally speaking. But let me offer, offer just a couple of practical things to conclude. The first one is this, you know, because we, we view every human being made in the image of God, we need to stand clearly against any form of discrimination and racial injustice. That, that's, that's a given. You know, that's the Catholic stance. We cannot obviously tolerate discrimination or racial injustice in any form. We need to uproot that in our, from our midst, from our thinking, from our words. And I think we need to always re-examine that because... Since we're fallen, we're weak, morally speaking, that can always creep in in some form. This view in which you know, others are viewed primarily as competitors or as you know, uh, threats and not as other fellow human beings made in the image of God. And the second one, which I think is also very necessary for us these days, is to judge with the heart of God. Judge with the heart of God. You know, it's so common these days to hear a lot of harsh judgments. And obviously we can judge behaviors that are objectively wrong and say, well, that was wrong. But many judgments reach to the heart, reach to the intentions, reach to entire groups of people, you know, are very, very you know, easily cast. Uh, so the proposal I have is, you know, whenever you find this temptation to issue any harsh judgment of, at home, with in-laws, with co-workers, in society, because of the news, change that critical judgment into positive judgment. You know, try to find and highlight something good in others. Even people you disagree with, find, highlight something that is good so as to balance what you might take issue with in that situation. So may we pray. Father, you have revealed your goodness to us in sending us your Son and sending your Holy Spirit upon us. And in doing this, Lord, you have shown us our own goodness, the goodness you created us with. So look, Lord, at our broken hearts. Look at our broken humanity and bring about a new reconciliation in our society, in our homes, in our own souls rekindle what is good in us 
make us also able to see what is good in others. Call us, Lord, to yourself and come to walk in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.